0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Our topic is scriptural obedience. We'll speak about the family and how to train our children to obey. And the principle is more is caught Then taught, Um, being a parent for many, many years, and some of you uh, already have been through that and now are grandparents, and some are even great-grandparents, you know this to be true. If you're in the midst of parenting right now, as I am, as I still am, you'll find this message to be convicting. It's supposed to be what we come around the Bible for, to get some conviction and get some help. I know I'm going to get some help, and I hope that you do, too. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 6, train. You can just stop, pause, and park right there. That's the crux of child training, to train them. The problem is the trainer, (laughs) dad, and and, and the trainer, mom, were not perfect. And a lot of times our children catch from us our example, and we teach them through our example, even though we might have all the doctrine right and all the Bible right. that's convicting to me. That's convicting to me. But it says train up. The idea is there should be some upward motion, not downward suppression. The idea of training is that you get better. You move up the ladder. You don't get knocked down a few notches. And too many times, look, I've been guilty of this. We train down our children. We speak down to our children. We look down upon our children. The only time we should be looking down is to extend a hand to help them back up. That's easy to preach, isn't it? Hard Hard to get it right. Hard to get it right. Um, but it says train up a child in the way Jesus Christ is the way. So we should train them up in that way. So far, so good. The way he should go, meaning there's a way that he will go and it won't be right. And guess what? That's the tough part because us as parents and even grandparents, depending on what extent you're, you're involved, is They're going an opposite way that they want to go, that their flesh likes to go. And now you as a parent have to come in and get them on the way that they should go. Well, there's going to be tension there no matter how you slice it. So the charge is on the father mainly to be able to get his heart right so that he can direct it the right way. But train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Um, Whether it's good or bad, a lot of times a child isn't going to depart from it. If we all think back, we can recall our childhood, our upbringing, and we can look at the positive and the negative because everybody has it. And we can say, well, I'm older now and I still got that (laughs) bad habit, that bad training habitual thing. That, And then we can look back and we can see the good. So there's going to be both. Our job as parents is to train them up in the way that they should go. Um, we can only do that with the Lord's help. Also, say this is that training is more than pleasure, pain. It's more than if you you you're going to do this or else. That's the pain, and you can get them to do it if enough pain is induced, or if you do this, you'll get. What's behind door number one? You'll get enough of a prize or enough of of the pleasure button to be hit. So both of those extremes we need to be careful of because we can get short-term obedience by doing that. Uh, Companies tend to do this sometimes with their employers or their employees. They'll say, um, here's the incentive. If you produce this much sales, you'll get this bonus at the end of the month. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but the heart of that employee has to be connected to the company and really believe in what he is doing or what she is doing or it's just not going to work. So let's be mindful of that, that we just can't be do this or else. We can't go the opposite way and say, well, if you do this, I'll give you a bunch of goodies. Both of them can be used appropriately. We just need to be careful that we don't, go to one extreme or the other. Uh, The first point I'd like to make and train up a child in the way he should go, when he is old, he will not depart from it, is uh, the first step in training is, children must learn to do what you ask them to do or what you tell them to do. If you ask a child to go out and dig a ditch and he goes out and he grabs a rake and he starts raking the leaves Well, he didn't do what you asked him to do. Now, it might be helpful. The leaves might have needed to be raked, but you asked him or her to dig a ditch. So you want them to be able to do what you told them to do. And a lot of times if they do what if they start doing what you asked them to do and then they say, oh, can I can I do the leaves too? It's a different hard attitude. And we're going to get to that. That's going to be the fourth point. But we can't forget about we, just like our children, have hearts. And that's the bigger issue. And we'll get to that at the end. But they must learn to do what you ask them to do. Great leaders are developed first by being great followers. So we want to teach our children to do what they're told to do. James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. If we can't do what God asks us to do as parents, and if our children can't do what we ask them to do, well, we're deceiving ourselves. That principle runs throughout. But doing what you ask them to do or your children doing what you tell them to do would not be complete obedience. The Bible says in Ephesians 6.1, children. Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right, for this is right, which will bring us to our second point. Not only should they do what you ask them to do or do what you tell them to do, which which one should it be? I don't know. I don't know, because I do both. Which one's right? I don't know. I can say, uh, go empty the dishwasher. That's telling them what to do, go, (laughs) empty the dishwasher, right? And there's a time and place for that. And probably most times and places for that, right? But then you can dig at the other side and you can say, hey, can you go empty the dishwasher? Asking them gives them the option to say no. (laughs) Which one do you do and when do you do it? I don't have a clue. Everybody knows their own children and everybody knows their own situation the best. So you figure it out. Um, is it good to, to test a bit? It is. Is it good to be always that guy that's testing all the time? Mm, no, probably not. That wouldn't be a good, a good thing to do. But a uh, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So it brings us to our next point. They need to do what you ask them to do or tell them to do, but they also must do what you tell them to do right away. So if they delay, that wouldn't be a good thing. They've got to get it done when you tell them to do it. You ask your child to make their bed or clean their room. They cannot be allowed to continue just doing what they've been doing, playing Legos on the floor or whatever. They should stop what they're doing and then go and get, get the job done and go back to playing. But dad, but mom, I'll do it five minutes. Okay, if you allow them to do that, teaching them that they can delay doing what you told them to do. We all understand grace. We all understand exceptions. We all understand all those things. But the principal training application I'm trying to make this morning is. Think of yourself as a boss of a company. And if you told your employers or you as the employer told your employees, Hey, I need you guys on the job site at 8 a.m. And the guy shows up at 8.05. Well, that's okay on Monday if you got stuck in traffic. And it might be okay Tuesday if the alternator broke. And it might be okay Wednesday if grandma died. And it might be okay Thursday if you ran over the cat and you had to stop and bury Fifi. But by Friday and then into next week, the boss ain't buying it anymore. Just five minutes turns into 10 minutes. And it's just a delay of getting it done when when the employer told you what to do. So there are some habits that are developed that'll serve our children better as they get older. Our lesson, our leadership lesson is great leaders are developed by learning the importance of being proactive. Leaders understand that hindrance is caused by those that procrastinate. And we don't want to be procrastinators. Let's turn over to Proverbs 23. And before you get there. I'll say this. You want to have them do what you tell them to do, right? Right? But that's not complete obedience. You want them to do what you tell them to do right away. But even if they do that, that's still not complete obedience. By the way, Psalms 119 verse 60 said, I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. We really should. If we see something in God's word, we should obey it right away. Don't delay on it. We have the same. If we set that example, our children will follow that example lord willing do they have their own thoughts yes do they make up their own mind they sure do but i'm telling you training them up in the right way sure does help make it easier all right so where are we at we're at proverbs 23 and so you can have a child do what you tell them to do they get it done they can do it right away they just jump right on it they're not making haste but I would say that that still would not be complete scriptural obedience. So our point number three is to do it cheerfully. With a smile. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 verse 24. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice. And he that begetteth a wise child. Shall have joy. Of him, Proverbs ten verse one says, "A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother." They can do what you ask them to do. They can do it right away. In the midst of all the doing, there's no joy, and there's no happiness. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. It's just that there's that aspect of that where more is caught than taught. Are they catching joy from you? The child rolls their eyes, or they have a scowl on their face, and they're mumbling and they're grumbling, and they should be taught that type of behavior. Not so good. You want to change that up? Change that up. Even if they do what you ask them to do, even if they do it very quickly, if they have a sourpuss attitude, kind of got to bring that thing back and see if you can get it on track. Or sometimes a good solution is maybe you need to let it slide. Maybe there's something else going on. Maybe it's unrelated to what you're asking them to do. And you got to be able to show some grace and back off. That's a a good leadership lesson. But great leaders are developed by learning the importance of having a good and excited attitude about work. They know the importance of an attitudinal influence. They know the attitude that they have affects those that are under them and they understand the value of having fun with what they do. Anybody uh, spend a good amount of time flying I have not so much anymore, but Southwest, I like flying on Southwest because what sets them apart from the other airlines is they're happy. (laughs) You know, you get to the gate and they make a big deal and sometimes they'll have balloons up there. And you know, if you have a problem or a question or concern, you just can't seem to turn off a Southwest airline uh, agent. It's kind of their deal. They just like having fun. Matter of fact, Every seat's a first-class seat in Southwest. <laughs> nobody, nobody gets a. You don't get a seat assignment. You get a grouping. They'll call the first group up, and you get in line, and you go onto the plane, and you can pick any seat. And they're, and they just tried to. What did they try to do? They tried to culture a different attitude around their organization. We probably can all glean some conviction from that you know that the the culture that we bring to our home or to our workplace or to our church matters and i know i need to do better at that we probably all can but the attitude that we bring the joy that we bring the happiness we bring the grace that we bring the kind of just chilling out type thing, attitude that we bring all matters, all matters. And even though we want people at our, if we're an employer and even though we would want our children, if we're a parent to do what we ask them to do, to do it right away, I'd rather have someone that just has a good attitude about doing something wrong and is a little bit late than the first two. (laughs) If I had to choose, wouldn't you? Yeah. do it, they do it, tell them, do it right away, do it with a smile. That's still not complete obedience. When I put these notes together, I have a a side note here that (laughs) I was actually doing it on an airplane. I was putting these notes together and uh, was flying back to Orlando, the pilot, he made two announcements about turbulence for people to stay in their seats and everybody's in their seats except one guy. And so that's why the two and the second announcement was a lot more firmer. Please. We need everyone in their seats. Now the pilot gets to give the command. I don't, I'm the passenger. So I need to listen to the pilot. Now, I can do it. I can do it right away. I should feel good about him trusting to know, trusting him that he knows best for his passengers. The the flight attendant ended up walking over. This person was about two seats in front of me. (laughs) And she said, sir, you've been told twice to stay in your seat. All the flight attendants and the passengers are in their seat and you're still walking around with your baby. (laughs) He ended up sitting down. He didn't say anything, though. He just turned around. He took his seat. And didn't seem like he had such a thankful attitude to the flight attendant. But she had to do her job. All right, which will bring us to our last point for this morning. What do we have? Number one, do what they say. Number two, do it right away. Number three, do it with a good joyful attitude. They should be happy about working. And in the midst of all of that. We said to preface it as the introduction. More is caught. Than is taught. I don't want to be. I don't want us to be. I don't want this local church to be. A place where. We might have a lot of doctrine right, but we miss out on the joy and the happiness and a good spirit. I think we've got that here. Praise the Lord. But the most important thing do what I say, do it right away, do it with a smile, do it with the right heart attitude. That's point number four a good heart attitude. And that's something that ultimately is between that person. And the Lord. The first three deal with outward expressions of obedience, the doing, the quick response, the smile. These are all things that a parent can see. These are all things that a an employer can see. These are all things that an organization can see. But all of those things, if you and I if all of us are honest this morning, all of them can be faked. <laughs> I've known, met plenty of people that have worked for a boss and they just hated his guts. We've had people that um, did some work for, for us. And uh, I remember one time we uh, one of the, one of our staff members does the training for how to run and organize brackets throughout the day, which is somebody's job to be able to organize and run brackets of these competitors. And he had, he had about six of them. He was training. It's about a 20 minute training before they get started. So he comes over to me afterwards. He goes, Hey, where did the, these two guys so-and-so go? So I, I don't know. I thought you, I thought you had, it. So he's looking around for him. He came up to me. He goes, they just left. They got the training They saw what the job was going to be And they just went home (laughs) They didn't say I'm out They didn't say I quit They didn't say I need more help They didn't say this is too overwhelming Can you give me an assistant Goodbye That's somebody That I guess you kind of are glad They walk out (laughs) It's better to go before big thing starts, but nonetheless, those things happen. We don't want to walk out on ourselves. We don't want to walk out on each other. We don't want to walk out on our children. We don't want to walk out on our company. We don't want to walk out on our church family. We want to get our hearts right. How do we do that? Read the Bible. We all read the Bible. <laughs> study the Bible. I mean, I study the Bible all the time. My heart ain't right all the time. Well, you just need to know more doctrine. Good night. I'm against everything. I got more doctrine than I think I should have. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I, got, I got plenty of doctrine. I don't have my heart right all the time. I got a beautiful wife, beautiful family, beautiful church members, Oh, They'll do it. Well, I have all that, but <laughs> my heart still isn't right all the time. It seems the more blessings that God gives me, the harder it is to keep my heart right. It's because the heart is deceitful. And if I don't check my heart, I sink you don't check your heart, you sink. If we corporately, as a local body of Christ, don't check our hearts, we sink. Because the heart is the most important thing. Well, evangelism will do it. Well, I've been evangelizing for a decade. I've been evangelizing the laws for 10 years. But my heart isn't right all the time. Why not? Because the heart's deceitful but it's the biggest connection that we have with God, with our immediate family, with our church family, with our community, and we can just make the lens keep going out more broad. But it's easier to do more broad, isn't it? Isn't it easier to, it's easier to witness to a lost person who's a stranger and keep the relationship right Than it is with your own church family. Why? Because you've got to see them. Relationships get harder when you have to spend time with that person over and over. I don't want to go too far off on a rabbit trail. So. uh, If I go too far, just reel me in. Give me the signal. But, you know. Home church has become very popular. People, people have asked me this before. Are you for or against home church? I said, "Well, what do you mean? Because on one hand, you see in the New Testament, churches were started in people's houses. Matter of fact, my pastor, the home church that I come from, his church was started in his house. <laughs> okay, so are you for home church?" yes if it means that yes because the building isn't the church it's the church house the home where we get protected from the elements and can gather and, and worship but the church is us okay well local or, or universal how about both how about both you can't get kicked out of the church if someone comes in and, and then we find out that they're doing, they're on a short list of things that you do, that the leadership would have to bring you aside and say, you're going to have to either get that right and repent, or we're going to have to ask you to not come. Well, they don't get kicked out of the church. You can't, you, somebody can't get them out of the body of Christ. They're still a part of the church, it's just locally. They can't come to the church house and assemble with those other believers. They don't leave the church. So you for local church or universal church. Both. We need to understand both approach both biblically. So what's the point? Home church. If home church means I can't get along with anybody. Then I'm against it. Well, the church is me and my family. Okay, yeah, you're right. It is you and your family. You are part of the body of Christ. Yes, you are part of the church. Okay, great. But if that means. Dad just can't go anywhere because he's got to argue with the preacher about something. And dad has to be the one that nobody can get near his family because he's got some uh, patriarchy on steroids deal going on. (laughs) Then, no, I'm not for it. How in the world, look, I need help, (laughs) okay? There's, There's nothing pressing. There's nothing specific I can give you or want to give you. But you think because I'm the pastor of the church, I got all the answers. I don't. I need help. You need help. We all need help. That's why we come and we gather together as a church family. And sure, I exercise my gift to teach, and, and so do some of the other men, which helped me. But how in the world is a family going to grow if they do home church and it's just dad, mom, and the kids? What do you mean grow? I mean, how are they going to get along with the guy that they don't like that's in the body of Christ? How is the one lady going to get along with the other lady who doesn't see eye to eye on her with every little jot and tittle? How is one set of parents going to get along with another set of parents that raises their children a bit different on things? Well, you're going to do that by getting involved in a local church. And then everybody gets to grow. What do you mean by that? the person that is stronger in their faith is going to learn how to humble themselves and not blast everybody that doesn't do it the same way they do. Every single lady here has their own kitchen and they all fix their kitchen the way they want it. They all know how their stove works. They all know how their Recipes go, they all know how much sugar goes in and flour goes in. They all know the exact steps to do it. And that's how they fix their kitchen. Who's right? They're all right. And when you go in, when one lady goes into another lady's kitchen, she usually kind of gets along with how she runs her kitchen and vice versa. I mean, isn't that the way you do it, ladies? I I mean, I don't, for, for pretty much, okay. So what's that have to do with, with, with church? You may do something a slightly different way than somebody else. Be okay with it. We're not changing main doctrines. None of that. We're not bringing in NIVs. None of that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> no purple lights, no rock and roll, but good night. If somebody comes in, they got an NIV under their arm, just praise God that they're here. Don't look at him and say, you got a modern version. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. If a lady walks in and she has a sleeveless dress on, why is somebody flipping out about that? You say, what are you talking about, Brother Jimmy? I'm talking about those things happen. You can't praise God that a lady came that's new and you're going to pick on her because she don't have sleeves. When we're training our children. We need to be careful what we're picking at them on. Because as parents, all we can do is pick, 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 pick. And all we do is pick them apart. We don't train them up. We train them down. And you for home church? Yeah, great. Go ahead and do home church. But just make sure it's not just you and your family, because how are you going to grow? If you're trying to create this isolationist island where it's only your family and the Lord and everybody else, well, they're just not as spiritual. So they either get in line with exactly what we're doing or they're out. And the truth of the matter is you try to raise kids that way, They're out. (laughs) I mean, they are. I know they all have their decision to make. And there's no guarantee if you raise your children as best as you can before God, they just won't walk out. But good training with good parents that have a good heart attitude. It's a lot better off for it's a lot better off for. Now I went so I went so far down the rabbit hole. I forget where I'm at. Where are we? Last point: It's the hard attitude. Child can do what you ask him to do, but he can hate doing it. A child can do the task quickly, but he can resent you for asking him to do it. And I know that he will, or she will, or they will resent us as parents. If kids can pick up on a hypocritical attitude. So you need to be careful. We need to be careful that, they're, that they might have as bad as resentment is. They might have some righteous resentment. I don't even know if that's in the Bible. But I'm saying that to point out that. The mom and dad call the shots. The kids have to follow. Mom and dad's home. And if mom and dad have this attitude about them with this hypocritical thing about them, that's going to cause resentment in the children. It's going to raise the stress level. And so we need to, we need to watch ourselves as parents. A child can smile when he does his chores all the while he's mumbling and grumbling. You know, it's like the guy that got the job to sweep the floors. You have a job for me to do. Yeah. I want to run the company. Well, we have a, a sweeper job. You can do that. Yeah. Okay. Mumble, grumble, grumble, rumble, 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 I should be, I should be the president of the company. Mumble, grumble. Well, you. <laughs> okay. Well, that's why you're not the president, there, Skippy. Okay. That's why I asked you to sweep the floors. We have great, great, great workers for our company. We only have a few that we know we can trust. But those few started out, loaded to truck sweeping the mats doing all the jobs that nobody wants to do if I get a chance to go up to some of the north shows they all know I'm going to try to get to the mop first because I don't want to forget what it's like to clean them clean the mats clean the mats I don't know some of you ladies don't get any ideas about me having to vacuum every Monday (laughs) he can mop mats too We want to jump in there and do what we got to do. Do it with a cheerful attitude. We've got to give them something to get excited about. Excited about. How do you do that? Start with having a right attitude. Sometimes the Lord works these things out. Okay, so complete obedience is this. Children doing what you tell them to do. Having them do it right away. Having them do it with a smile. But those three are all outward. They can fake all of them. It's doing it with the right heart attitude. The right heart attitude is something we, as parents, we cannot see. That part's between, ultimately, them and God. We can, however, help our children develop a right heart attitude. And it starts with us as parents. That can either be good news or bad news for us. As the parent, we model the example. And that's why I said at the beginning of the lesson, more is caught than taught. A few questions and then we'll end. We ask ourselves this. If you haven't raised children yet, you'll be ahead of the game because you got all this now. Do your children see a hypocritical attitude in you? Do your children see you act one way at church or one way at family functions or one way at work and then different at home? Uh, Mothers, do children hear you speak one way to your husband and then a different way to other people? Dads, fathers, do your children see you treat your wife one way? And then a different way around others. How do you think they're going to treat each other as siblings? Same model, same pattern. So finally, we want a real, real, real life before the Lord, not a performance for the Lord. We preached a little bit about that last Sunday. I'll finish with this, then we'll close. Proverbs 15, verse 13, the Bible says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the Spirit is. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.